do you ever feel like you're not getting paid what you're truly worth? I mean, the reality is if you look at the data, many of us simply are not. And the reason for that is employers don't necessarily want to pay us more, but the fair market can actually mean that we'll get more money looking for other opportunities. And that's why I'm super excited to have our um, guest today, Annie, who's going to give us a better sense of how to navigate this job market to actually earn more. In fact, she's a game changer from millennials retired of running on a never-ending financial treadmill. She's written a couple of books, including The Five-Day Job Search and A Thousand and One Ways to Save Money. What I found most interesting about Annie is the fact that when she started her career, she was only making $3 an hour. That's crazy. But despite starting so low, she was able to still save money and build wealth and get to the point she is at today. And that's why I'm so excited to talk to her to learn more about how she did that and how we can take those principles to our own lives to earn more money. Annie, thank you so much for joining today. Mike, thank you so much for inviting me onto the Entrepreneur's Edge. I'm really excited to be here today to share some valuable insights. Love it. Well, I'm going to dive right into it, right into my core question, which is when you're out looking for more jobs or maybe even your current employer, how do I get my boss to pay me more? Well, first of all, I think a lot of people pull numbers out of their ASS. <laughs> they don't actually know what is the fair market rate for their skill set and their experience. They ask to get paid simply because, well, you know, I've taken on more responsibility, therefore I deserve more. Or like, you know, I have bills to pay, there's inflation, and I need a raise for, you know, uh, adjusting for the cost of inflation, right? And all of this stuff. But this is a market. It's a marketplace, right? So it's there's like supply and demand going on here. And I think a lot of people, they don't truly understand this. It's just like um, if you're selling a house, right? Sure, you can list the house at $800,000, but that doesn't mean the person's going to buy it for $800,000. It can be up or down, right? You go into a seafood restaurant and you want to get the, the fish, the whole fish. It's fresh, right? The Branzino fish. And it just says market price. Ask for today's price. It's just like that. It's the same concept. But a lot of people, they, they don't understand this because they're so close to themselves. They're like, oh, well, they're, pl they're placing a price tag on me as if like I am, you know, this thing that's being sold. So first of all, I want people to get clear on how to figure out the market price for your kind of work. And this is actually really easy. So let me, let me give you the, the yeah. straight, straight talk on this. So what you have to do is you literally just have to go into Google and type in your title. Like for example, I'm a real estate accountant, right? So you literally just type the words real estate accountant, Boston, Massachusetts, because it depends on your area as well. Geographic location matters. And you just type salary. So real estate accountant, Boston MA, salary. And then out pops all of these Google search results. You open each one in a brand new tab, okay? And then you just look at each tab. Look at the first tab and open up your Excel file. 
and then type in the source of where you got this data from. For example, let's say one of the sources is glassdoor.com, okay? Type in the source and then write what Glassdoor says is the low. Then in the next column, write what it says is the median. In the next column over, write what it says is the high. And you just keep doing this for every single source that you opened up in a new tab. Maybe you have 20, right? Let's say you have, after all of this, 20 lows, 20 medians, 20 highs. So you get an average of each. And now you know what is the fair market price for your title in, where, in your geographic area. It's just simply a matter of figuring out where you fit along this range, right? But that will help you figure out, are you really being underpaid like you think you are? You really think everyone's getting paid more than you? Is that really true? Maybe it, you're not. Maybe according to the numbers, you're on the high end, actually. Then at that point, that, that's more of a matter of figuring out what's the next title you should go after because you've reached the top limit of, of what you're doing now. I love that. What's interesting for so many employers, when they're thinking about paying or increasing their, their employees' salaries, they're looking at more like a cost of living adjustment. And they're sort of doing a 2 or 3% increase, maybe a little bit more for good effort. But that rarely keeps up with the actual market. So taking your simple principle of doing a little bit of homework and research on that market gives you power. So once you know that information, how do you translate that information into real dollars that can be earned? So the secret is to figure out exactly where you fit because you actually don't know if you're more qualified and more capable than someone else who has the same title that you're going after or that you already have, right? So that is a little bit harder. So what I liked to do back then was there was this website called Payscale. You basically type in the title you've had, you're, you're working now, and the titles you've had in the past, along with like inputting the skills that you have. And it'll say like, hey, if you want to make 16% more, the most valuable skill that you're lacking is, let's say, payroll or something like that, right? So what you need to do is you need to actually gather a list of the skills you're lacking. And then, okay, well, if you're lacking all of those, you're clearly not on the high end. You're probably maybe in the lower to mid-range level, right? Um, but you should take the time to actually learn the skills that you're lacking so that you can ask for more. You can't just ask for more simply because, well, I've been working here for five years. If you want me to stay, you have to pay me more. I mean, I, I kind of feel like you're kind of wringing the employer's hand at that point, right? Rather than trying to provide value. Um, if you keep thinking of like, how can I provide value to my employer? How can I be of service? How can I um, make things better at this company? They will want to give you more money rather than giving you more money simply to make you stay. I love that. You take it from their other perspective, right? Understand what they're looking for. And they're looking for value. They're looking for the things that you're going to do to improve the business. And if you have more skill and more capability, then you're worth more. But what happens, I've seen this all too often, where you've developed new skills, you're providing new value, but now you go to your boss and they say, sorry, you get 3%. I know you got the math, it should be 10, but I'm only gonna give you 3% increase. What do you do next? Yeah, two options. You have two options at that point. You can either ask, well, how exactly can I make more money at this company? Like, because every company is different. Like what's important to your existing boss or company is not as important to another company, 
right? Like you shouldn't just be also like learning skills willy nilly here. Just just because I tell you to go on pay scale and figure out what you're missing, therefore you need to learn this. It's also like you need to have a really good relationship with your boss and constantly be in communication asking like, how can I make more money at this company? Like, what are the opportunities here? Um, is the way to make more money actually outside of my current career track? Is it like outside of my department? Like, what if I'm in accounting, right? Which I am. And then like, but like we max out at accounting. I'm the only accountant at this company. He doesn't need more than one. And the accounting is done smoothly. He's happy. So he just doesn't see any need for things to be better in the accounting department, right? So mm. uh, what is he really struggling with? Well, he's struggling with managing people or um, finding a way to make the operation run smoother or finding a way to delegate more. Like that's what really my boss is really struggling with. So even if I solved more accounting problems and I got more uh, skills in accounting, he's not going to pay me more because I'm not adding more value. I'm not solving his problems. But if I did the other things, he would be grateful and joyful. And if I had to ask more money, he'd, he'd want to give it to me, right? So you have the first option of staying, but you have to have that tough conversation. I think a lot of people are too scared to have these kinds of conversations with their boss, right? Like, for example, I just had a meeting with my boss this morning and um, it wasn't about me, right? It was more like, hey, um, we have we have this girl in this office who he did, we do construction, you know, it's like a real estate development company. He did renovation in her home and she hasn't still, she hasn't paid for it for 13 months. And I was like, hey, when are you going to ask her to pay you back for this? You guys did the renovation for her for 13 months and she works here, you know, like, um, and then he goes like, well, she asked for an annual review. So in two weeks, we'll be doing an annual review. And then I'm like, we do annual reviews at this company. I've been working here for four years. I've never had an annual review. I didn't even know this was a thing. And then he was like, no, she asked for it. I was like, yeah, more like she's asking for a rate, <laughs> you know? Um, so, I mean, I think people should be more clear and upfront in in asking specifically, how can I get a raise here rather than trying the, can I do an annual review, like an annual performance review kind of thing? Like that's a little under the table because it's quite clear if you read between the lines, she's asking for a raise, maybe a Christmas bonus for this year. Who knows? Um, but the other option is to apply for, for, for other jobs. Maybe it's time for you to go, right? As much as you'd like to stay, maybe to progress in your career and to make more money, you have to find a company that has the budget and has the desire to pay you more. Hey, it's Mike. Let's beat the banks at their own game. Traditional banks don't have great interest rates, but they charge businesses like Norhart higher rates and they keep all the profits. Why don't we cut out the middleman and connect directly, thus leaving more for both of us? Invest with us and earn fantastic interest rates. To learn more, visit norhart.com. That's N-O-R-H-A-R-T.com and click on invest. So if you're looking to grow your returns, then why not join Norhart Invest today and get more than you ever could at a bank? This is an offering by Norhart Invest. Investments can only be made through the Norhart Invest website. For more information, including the offering circular, please visit norhart.com forward slash invest. Hmm, I like that. You know, we're, uh, I'm an employer. We hire quite a few people within our company, but I completely agree with you. I love it when people are just honest and upfront, right? If you're trying to like, I want to review and I'm trying to read between the lines of what you're actually saying, like that's not helpful to either of us. Just be honest. 
And honestly, the people that deserve it, I'm hoping that we catch it before they even have to ask and we're giving them a proactive raise. Let's say we missed it. I am actually thrilled when someone comes to me and asks for a raise and they deserve it. And the market makes sense. We provide that. The harder cases are the ones that um, people don't think about that value that they're offering up front. And if they're only focused on themselves and not about providing real value to the business and they're not providing that, then that's a tougher conversation to have. That's because yeah, they don't have that entrepreneur mindset. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And your second point then was, okay, if things aren't working with your current job, looking for other jobs. And you see this, especially in the tech market, where people actually make more if they change jobs every two years. I, I don't necessarily recommend that, but that's what the stats show. How does someone go into the open market and effectively find a new job, maybe a better quality job that pays them more? Well, that, that is a whole game in and of itself. It's, that goes beyond salary negotiation. That's like having the skill set in job search. It's like, do you know how to look for a new job to begin with, right? And to successfully land one quickly and to position yourself as an expert in the industry? Because like, th this is so weird, right? This might seem unrelated, but it is related. So I was hiring last year and... um. I asked this question that you can't Google. You can't Google the answer and you can't use ChatGPT to answer. You can't find the answer in a textbook. It was a really simple question. Uh, the question is, tell me about the top three problems that you've ever had in your whole life and tell me how you solved the problem. Because I'm really trying to gauge the person's problem solving ability because that's important because like, I want to be able to just throw any problem at someone and they should be able to find out the solution. Right. So that's why I asked this question. You can't find it on the resume. You can't find it on Google. And then like 80 percent of the applicants answered back. The toughest problem I've ever had is I was fired or I was unemployed, laid off, and I didn't know how to land a job. <laughs> or like I was out of work for several months and I couldn't pay my bills. That was my biggest problem. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, like people really struggle with this problem. Like they, they don't have the, the skills. Right. So. How do you do this? Well, first of all, I recommend that you have to think more about how to market yourself. You have to go beyond like what more what certificates can I get to to show that I'm valuable. It go it goes more like um selling. You have to learn how to sell yourself even if you're a job seeker, sales. Like selling your ideas to your potential employer. Um selling the fact that you think you are the best candidate for the job. Like that, there are so many soft skills within this thing. It's like crazy. Wow. So we're, obviously we can't get to all of that in such a short podcast, but if you could point someone, like how do they start learning the skills that they need to be super successful? Right. So I, I actually broke this down into a system. I have this whole comprehensive system that is in my new book called The Five-Day Job Search, but I'm also giving away step-by-step step, the information on how to do all of this in my YouTube videos, which I'm posting about one to two per day these days wow. because people are losing their jobs left and right. Um, like one of them is you need a headshot. People never think of this, but um, before an employer decides to even give you an interview, they're, they're going to look you up online. It's almost like going on a first date with someone, you swipe right on Tinder and you're like, well, before I... Uh, actually go on a dinner with this person for an, an hour or maybe 90 minutes, 
Um, is this person a creep, a psychopath, a stalker? Like, like who is this person really? Can I find this person on Facebook? Because, you know, it'd be really awkward to sit down with uh, for dinner with someone and you just have nothing to talk about and the vibe and the chemistry isn't there, right? So, like, if I'm an employer and I'm hiring and I have, like, 10 good potential candidates based on just a resume, can I cut it down to five? Because instead of spending 10 hours interviewing, can I spend just five hours? So what do I do? I'm going to look you up online, whether you like it or not. <laughs> um, so... One of the first things you should do is you should have a headshot on your LinkedIn profile. And and when I say headshot, I, I'm saying, please, no iPhone selfies. Um, no. Uh, oh, my gosh. If you took a photo of yourself at a wedding that was taken by like a photographer, that is not a headshot just because a professional took it. Right? <laughs> um, you need to like intentionally go to a studio and get a professional headshot taken. So look for the words into Google like professional headshot photographer near me and look for all of their uh, portfolios to see if they have a certain vibe that you're going for because every photographer has a different style, right? You're, you're looking for the vibe for your specific industry. And then you also have to look great. You have to put your best foot forward because before anyone is willing to speak to you, they're going to judge you based on your appearance, like it or not. So that means that you have to like, practically groom yourself to conventional standards most likely that that because that's what professionalism is it's about like making people feel comfortable around you right so first things first i have three tips on how to look amazing because 80 percent of the work comes actually before the photo shoot itself first things first wear every clothing in your closet like take everything out of your closet and wear it look in front of the mirror does it look good if you think it looks good can you take a picture like put your phone on a tripod or something and, and put it on timer or have a friend take a picture of you wearing the clothes. Does it look good when you look at it in your iPhone? Because just because it looks good in the mirror doesn't mean it looks good on camera. And if it doesn't look good on your iPhone, it's not going to look good on the day of the photo shoot. Okay. That's the first thing. Pick the right outfit based on what looks good on camera. Second thing, haircut. You got to get a haircut and, and get your hair styled on the day of the photo shoot. You know, trim off all your split ends. You have to look really well-groomed. Third thing, makeup. People skip this. Men think they don't need makeup. Men need makeup as well, right? <laughs> um, those studio lights, they're so bright and they're white. And it's to the point where you can look so washed out like a ghost. So, um, you know, if you can't afford it, then use a professional makeup artist that the photographer recommends. If not, then at the very least, you know, probably go to Sephora <laughs> and get one of those free makeovers that they offer if you buy one of their products. Love it. Love it. Some very just practical advice, but those little details make such a meaningful impact. You will definitely have to check out Annie's YouTube videos. We'll include them in the description below. I think you'll learn a ton. And just think about it for a moment. Spending some time watching those videos and applying those practices, each one may take you know, five, 10 minutes to learn and start to apply, that's worth real money to you, right? That could mean the difference between a, you know, maybe a $50,000 a year job and a 70 or 80,000. 80. 000 year job. I, now I, it's, it's, a, you can make a $35,000 jump because I made a $35,000 jump and that's like the equivalent of a student loan. Wow. Yeah. If you can do that, you can pay off your student loan in a year or a year and a half. If you don't like have lifestyle inflation, if you just choose to 
pretend you made the same amount as before you got the new job that paid more and just live on that kind of income and then like use the rest to pay off your student loan. Hey, it's Mike. Passive income is one of this year's hottest buzzwords, but what is it? Well, passive income is when the elite make money and the rest of us sleep. Here at Norhart, we decided to open up this opportunity to everyone by giving you the chance to invest with us and earn fantastic interest rates without doing a thing. To learn more, visit norhart.com. That's N-O-R-H-A-R-T.com and click on invest. So if you're looking to grow your returns, then why not join Norhart Invest today and see what you can build towards. This is an offering by Norhart Invest. Investments can only be made through the Norhart Invest website. For more information, including the offering circular, please visit norhart.com forward slash invest. Love it. Uh, the last part I really wanted to dive into with you is you can, quote unquote, make money by saving money, right? If your expenses are lower down, you actually have more money in your overall bank account. Seems simplistic, but you've done this incredibly well. I mean, in fact, you're making only $3 an hour for a while, but even at a low salary, you were putting away a decent amount of savings. Give us a few tips. How do you actually save money in a meaningful way? There's a few tips. I have practical tips. They're all in 1,001 ways to save money, but I have found that um, because I'm like really math oriented, right? That's why I'm an accountant. Like I, I view numbers as really black and white and I'm just very practical and reasonable about it. And my dad was a high school math teacher in China before he immigrated to the U.S., right? So I kind of have that benefit. But um, I mean, like the number one thing is the mindset, right? Number one thing is like I have had to learn to be content with not having the things that other people had. Like if you cannot master this one particular emotional skill, this is about becoming an emotional adult, like being able to delay your gratification. If you cannot master this, you won't be able to master anything else related to saving money. It makes sense. So you master that mindset. What are some practical tips then that people can apply to actually reduce some of their costs? So one of the things you can do is the first thing is like, this is so basic, but so I have to say it anyway, because a lot of people don't know. It's the fact that the first thing you do with your paycheck, when it gets direct deposited into your bank account, 10% of it needs to go into a savings account. Like, don't argue with me whether it should be your gross income or your net income, because the fact is people aren't doing either of them, right? Like half of Americans don't even have $500 in their savings account. So, um... Either way, 10% of net or gross needs to go into your savings account. And you need to like pretend like you never even saw it. This is really, really basic. It's like the number one personal finance 101, right? Like, but look, um, my husband and I, we got married when we were 28. And when we got married and I moved in with him, I was like, hey, you know, I'm the one who's good with money. I want to manage our household finances. I want to like combine our money to start with. Right. And then we just grow our pot together. Right. We grow our wealth together because we are a unit now. We're one. Um, so I asked him, well, how much money do you have in your savings? And then he goes like, I've got like 200 bucks. <laughs> and then I'm like, do you have a, a savings account? He's like, what's a, what's a savings account? My savings it's, is what's left over in my checking account. 
Like he literally thought of savings as just like you got your paycheck, you spent the money in your checking account, and then savings is just a random number at the end of the month of what you have left, which means it can go up or down, up or down every month. It doesn't accumulate to be a higher number. And he was 28, you know, like he didn't get this. So, yeah, it's very basic, but very powerful. Because we've yeah, we've put some money aside. Yeah, we built our wealth just from following this. Like I had to really get him to understand this concept. Yeah, huh. I love that. How about like um, I mean, here's one simple example that I've seen in my personal life is cell phone companies. If you can call them up and just negotiate and say, "Yeah, I want to cancel the bill," they'll oftentimes offer you lower rates. Are there techniques like that that you find that you can maintain the same level of lifestyle but just at a cheaper cost? Yes. This, this, this advice I'm about to share with you actually applies to both business and personal. Um, like, you have to be really crazy with your comparison shopping. Like, I, I don't just call up a phone company and negotiate for a lower rate. Um, what I would actually prefer to do is to do actual, like, comparison shopping. So just like I said to, like, type into Google real estate accountant, Boston MA salary, and then open each in a new tab. The way I shop for anything, especially for business, because business expenses are much higher than personal, is, uh, for example, like right now, I'm, I'm doing uh, AI headshot generators, right? Like I'm trying to help college students save money on not using a photographer because they can't afford a photographer. So I'm thinking maybe if they could take a selfie of themselves and use an AI headshot generator, something cheap to use for their LinkedIn profile. But like now I'm the one in charge of doing a comparison shopping so that these college students don't have to, right? So how do you do that? You literally just type an AI headshot um, generator into Google, open all of them into a new tab, and then you like copy the source into column A in Excel, copy the plan into column B and then copy the price. And then you can literally like sort it from low to high. You can do this same uh, strategy for the phone companies, right? Like Google for like all third party cell phone companies in the United States, right? There's so many, you know, um, beyond just like Verizon, Sprint, AT&T. Like there is a lot beyond just that. There's Google Fi these days, there's Metro PCS. I don't even remember anymore, like a mobile, right? Mint Mobile. Like we have so many options these days. So open all of those in a new tab, copy it into Excel, and then write the price and then sort from low to high. And then so, but it's also like not about getting the lowest price. So after looking at the lowest price, what I would do is, okay, I'm looking at the lowest price. Now let me actually research beyond what they offer, like beyond the price. Do they have everything I need? If they do, that's great. I've got a great deal. But if they don't, I have to move to the second lowest price and see, okay, does it have everything I need in this plan? It doesn't? Okay, then move on to the next one. But at the very least, this, this guarantees you get the best value for what you're paying because you're paying for only what you need and not anything more. Love it. Love it. That's such a like tangible tip that people can take away and drive down their own costs. You know, Annie, I feel like I could talk to you all day long. I feel like you have hundreds of hours worth of tips behind you. In fact, you probably do by simply visiting uh, your YouTube page. Um, what is the best way for our audience to get in contact with you to learn more about, uh, about what you do and, and the information you have? The best way to get in contact with me is by going on AnnieYangFinancial.com. 
Right now, what I'm selling is the five-day job search. This is why I'm on the Entrepreneur's Edge because you guys want to learn how to negotiate your salary. Well, I have a whole system on how to do that and how to position yourself as an expert in your industry because in the depression that's about to come, we're going to have about 20% unemployment. I understand this is a show for entrepreneurs, but branding yourself to be an expert in your industry is something that applies to everyone from job seeker to freelancer to business owner because if you want a job if you want a client if you want a business opportunity or investors or someone to partner with they're going to check you out online right mm -hmm. so buy the five-day job search book and if you go on annieyangfinancial.com and add the book to your shopping cart upon checkout you can use the coupon code edge that's e d g e right, to get a 10% off discount on the five-day job search. Love it. Well, Annie, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your wisdom with our audience. Thank you so much for having me on here, Mike. I really appreciate it.